Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to check in with the man himself. It's Ben Anderson, Jazz Insider for KSLSports.com. Uh, Ben's kind enough to hang out with us, kind of make sense of what happened here with the Jazz. Ben, how you doing? Hello, Ben. Doing well. How, how are you guys? We're doing great. All right, so your initial thought, uh, I thought you did a great job breaking this down with uh, Jake Scott on the air earlier today. But when this thing came across, what's your initial thoughts on Simone Fontecchio on his way to Detroit? My honest thought was, what, what's Detroit doing? I, don't, I didn't really understand that, to be honest with you. And I get that, you know, Simone's a you know, 28-year-old veteran, and they are a team that needs to start winning games. They're, they're a mess. So from the Detroit perspective, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. But, no, I thought this was a really good trade for the Utah Jazz. I think it checks multiple boxes when I think historically, if you look at what Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck have done, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, the Jazz need X, Y, and Z or, or just X. So they're just going to do a one-for-one trade. It's like that's not usually the best trades. Usually the best trades do a couple of things. And this trade does that. First of all, it puts them back into the NBA draft this year, which they didn't have a pick otherwise. Now, that doesn't mean that that was the priority, but that's kind of the obvious asset they're getting back is the 32nd, 33rd pick that will be coming from the Washington Wizards uh, in this year's draft via Detroit. So that's one what thing. Go what do you think the What do you think the Jazz purpose is with the Fox move? With the sorry, with the what move? Knox with, or with their Knox move? Oh, I, I, I he's just had to match salary. I don't I don't see him being a piece of any kind. But uh, yeah, the, the Jazz get back into the second round uh, and an early second round pick, which should give them some flexibility. It clears room for Taylor Hendricks to move into the lineup in some regard. You know, maybe that's not Simone Fontecchio's starting spot, but it's a it's a chance to get him on the floor now. Also, it clears room for Ochai Abaji to try and figure out, you know, if he's an NBA player, if he's going to be a part of this team's core long-term, where he was pretty good last year to close the season and has not been able to replicate that. So that's beneficial. And then I, I think it gives you an opportunity with another overseas player who they are going to stash and has been stashed that, Sounds like people are kind of intrigued in it. It's just another iron in the fire. So it, it, you lose Simone Fontecchio, who I wouldn't have been surprised if they lost in the offseason anyways. And you really kind of address three issues or you get three movable assets or three things that you can work with. And that's generally how Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck have done business. And I think that's a smart move. Also, you know, some ammunition for, you know, the Jazz may not draft there, but they do have ammunition, whether it be something that comes up tomorrow or something on draft day, something during the summer, uh, another asset. But, you know, I think a lot of Jazz fans are like, okay, this is the tip of the iceberg of something bigger coming. Do you feel that? Or is this just uh, something cosmetic for maybe something that it'll take a few months or a year or so down the line? No, I, I mean, I think this is a, this move has some immediate – uh, action Again, I think it allows Hendricks to move into the lineup with the Jazz or at least join the main roster full-time. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong on that. I would be surprised if I'm wrong. I think, you know, you want to get your number nine overall pick in the rotation and playing and seeing what he can do and seeing if he's a guy you could count on as soon as next season or if you still need to address that in the offseason. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if I would say this is the tip of the iceberg. I think that would imply another major move coming yes. on its heels. And maybe the Jazz make another similar move. And I, I will tell you the truth. The return the Jazz got for Simone Fontecchio is not unlike what I thought they might get for Kelly Olenek. It's a borderline first-round pick. It's not quite there in the first round, but teams are pretty hesitant to move first, even in bad drafts, because they have perceived value 
and then you kind of just get a young asset like this uh, this kid in Italy, and maybe he never comes over. He's playing in Germany right now. But I kind of thought like th- there's a realistic situation where that's what they were going to get for Kelly Olynyk, you know, swap expiring contracts and, and and get another draft asset in addition to it. So this is more than more for Simone Fontecchio than I expected them to be able to get. And maybe it does hint that there's a bigger market and, and better return for uh, for Kelly out there. But I can see that type of trade going down. I, I'm not sure I see the Jazz, you know, this being the precursor to going out and getting DeJounte Murray or something like that. As you did mention, it might mean more for Taylor Hendricks. We've got a 13-game sample size on him this year, somewhere close to five points a game. And, and we we know that he spent a lot of time at the G League. But as you look at what you've seen with Taylor Hendricks, do you feel like he's ready for more NBA time? Yeah, I mean, I think he needs to get more NBA time. Now, you know, is he as good as Simone Fontecchio right now? Probably not. But I'll have to admit, guys, I was not – as sold on Simone Fontecchio as I think a lot of people were. I know he's had some nice moments defensively, but he's not like a great defensive player. He works hard. He tries hard, and that's a big part of the job when it comes to uh, to being a defensive player. But he's not the most gifted physical specimen we've ever seen. He's got NBA size, but he's not, you know, freakishly – he doesn't have freakish measurables the way I think Taylor Hendricks does. I think that maybe where Taylor was best when he was with the Jazz – uh, especially in December when he was getting real rotation minutes, was on the defensive side of the ball where he showed some natural instincts. He really does slide his feet well. Just having a guy with a seven-foot wingspan is beneficial. He's a very good shot blocker. We know those things are uh, – he, we know he offers those things. So I, I actually think that might be pretty replaceable. And then there's a lot of things Simone Fontecchio couldn't do. I mean, he was not a dribbler. He's not a passer. He ran transition really poorly, made a lot of mistakes in some of those situations, had some ill-timed turnovers still. So – while I get that Simone was kind of this surprise out of nowhere, I didn't ever think he was a long-term solution for the Utah Jazz. And I know maybe in December it felt like he could be, but everything was clicking for the Jazz in December. And, and Simone was a part of that momentum and, and maybe benefited from it versus caused it. So I, I wasn't ever as sold on him as I think some of the narrative had created. And, and I think all along the Jazz were happy to build up his, his value uh, and trade him if they could. And if they didn't, they would have just let him walk in the offseason. So they got something essentially for nothing on a very low-cost buy uh, last year in the offseason. Another trade, uh, Memphis Grizzlies trading Xavier Tillman to the Celtics. They pick up a couple of uh, second-round picks for Tillman. Uh, he's on an expiring $2 million contract, so uh, uh, and the Celtics can uh, pick up his bird rights as well. So he's uh, on his way to Boston. Kind of give me, uh, when you look at Kelly Olenek, uh, what – Give me some potential suitors that might be interested in him. And does his trade value, you know, if you got this for Simone Fontecchio, is, does that increase his trade value or is it still kind of in that same range, late first-round pick? The Xavier Tillman thing actually kind of changes, I guess, my perspective. I, I honestly hadn't seen it. I just, I just got back here. So uh, that's a little bit of a low cost, but Boston doesn't have a lot to offer. So that, that makes sense that they got Xavier Tillman. I actually kind of like Xavier Tillman as a player, and Memphis is, is doing a fire sale. Uh, now, Kelly Olenek is a far better player than Xavier Tillman, hence his $12 million salary. And I think Xavier Tillman was like the 29th pick in the draft or something. So they, they are, those are not equal pieces. Um, no, I, I, I would key in on Philadelphia. Uh, I still think the Knicks could use big guys. I mean, you're talking about two teams that have lost major pieces in their front court to injury. Obviously, Julius Randle 
and Mitchell Robinson in New York, and then Joel Embiid. We'll see how much he's able to play this year, uh, or if he doesn't come back at all. We'll see where he is in four to six weeks. Uh, but I think Kelly Olynyk could make sense on both of those teams. Miami has some weird trade assets that don't really match up with what the Jazz have. I don't think they're giving up on Duncan Robinson. Right now, he's kind of had a resurgent year, and that's the piece that would make the most sense. So I, I would key on a couple of those Eastern Conference teams. Uh, but but Kelly helps everyone. I mean, Kelly is helping a mediocre Utah Jazz team right now because he is so versatile and because he can do five things. I mean, he started the fourth quarter yesterday playing point guard for the Utah Jazz. Well, he's 6'11 and doesn't jump. But then if you need him to move to the front court, he can do that as well. So there's a lot of teams that can – envision how to use Kelly Olynyk that may not even be the way the Jazz have used him. So really, there's 29 teams that he makes sense on. Hey, Ben, help Jazz fans understand just a little bit more in detail what it meant to grab the asset of draft rights to Gabriel Presida and what might be used and how that piece works for the Utah Jazz in the future. Well, my first thought was, oh, they saw him playing on the FIBA team with Simone Fontecchio when they were watching Simone Fontecchio and said, Hey, that's another guy to like put on the list. You know, the, the, the Jazz have international scouts and they, they have, you know, uh, a head of player personnel. That's entire job of professional personnel is just to know every other basketball player on the planet. And are they improving? Are they an NBA prospect? Is it a guy you should think should come in? Is it not anyone you should worry about? Like th- those guys are always out there monitoring exactly this type of player. And, you know, Joe Ingles was one of these guys for a long time. That you're like, he's might be good enough to make the NBA. He's kind of getting up there in age. Like, when's someone going to take a swing? Is he going to be able to pan out? So it, it's that type of, you know, iron in the fire that you kick down the road, you wait and watch. Maybe you bring him in for the summer league as soon as this year, and you say, hey, is this a guy? Is this someone worth keeping around? It's a free audition. And you guys probably have the number in front of you. Is this like the 36th pick? Like, European guys who are the 36th pick are generally kind of interesting. You know, those are guys who could be first-round picks, who fall out of the first round because you don't know when they're going to come over, but they've got the physical uh, dimensions that you need to be an NBA player, and you're just not sure how quickly they're going to be able to translate that game to the league. That's generally when those guys get picked in the 30s. So it's intriguing. I, I, I think it's somebody we will see at some point with the Utah Jazz Summer League. Uh, you know, sometimes you see these names traded, and they were drafted in, like, 2011. Yeah, yeah. I, this guy's drafted two years ago. He's 21. So it is an asset that I certainly wouldn't say is, is never going to land in Utah. It's somebody at the very least you can uh, maybe bring to a summer league and test out. Ben Anderson joining us right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. All right, so Ben, um, let's, uh, you know, obviously we're all talking about the trade and the potential trade deadline. Jazz lose to Philadelphia to start this homestand, and then they beat Milwaukee, and then they beat Oklahoma City. I mean, these are two good teams that came into Utah, and the Jazz were able to come away with some Ws. How impressed with you or what you saw last night in both those games, overcoming adversity and finding ways to get Ws? Yeah, there was kind of a joke early in the year. You know, we see David James and PK when they're leaving in the morning, and Jake and I are coming in, and DJ would always ask me what I thought was going to happen in that game. And for like a month and a half, I got it wrong. I just got every game wrong, which is why I'm not a professional gambler. But it's like, just when you think this Jazz team is dead and kind of, you know, they lose six out of eight, including some really bad performances on the road and a terrible loss at home to Philadelphia, they turn around and beat the best team in the West and the number two ranked team in the Eastern Conference because they are really hard to predict, but they are very resilient and they do have talent. Uh, So, you know, does this mean they're going to beat Phoenix tomorrow? Probably not. Does it mean I think they're going to sweep the Lakers and the Warriors twice next week? Probably not. But 
you can't count them out. And I feel like, you know, with the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Quinn Snyder teams, I could always kind of guess who they were going to beat and who they were going to lose to. It seemed pretty predictable. And this is not how Will Hardy's teams have operated. They, they have really good nights. And they actually don't have that many bad nights where they no-show. But but when you do think they're at a low point, they always seem to get back up off the mat. And I think that's that's a resilience that is nice to have if you're a basketball fan. And it certainly gives the Jazz something to play for over these final 30 games where, you know, minus a major fire sell, uh, sale excuse me, in the next 24 hours, uh, I suspect we will see the Jazz competing for a play-in tournament spot. Man, ben, how excited should people be on Keontae George? Just back-to-back four-quarter usage was incredible. Dropped a shoulder on Dort, got separation, steps back for a clutch minute three that was so big. Um, had another three in that game that was critical and is showing big, big guts in fourth quarters against big-time opponents. I'm glad you said guts. I was wondering I, where you are going I there. I said guts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how excited should jazz fans be? I, I don't want you to draw a Donovan Mitchell comparison really. Cause nobody wants to hear that or likes it, but are we seeing greatness start to form? Here's what I think is worth noting. I think he's probably, you know, Victor Wembanyama, and I'll say this draft class. I won't say this rookie class. So you can get rid of Chet Holmgren. Cause he wasn't drafted this year. He was drafted two years ago, but you know, I'll take Victor Wembanyama, uh, and then you start getting you know Brandon Miller's been really good this year, and there's some of these older guys like Jaime Hawkins who's you know came from US, UCLA and played four years and is playing with the Heat and is playing really well. But like, man, how many guys are you taking in front of Keontae George from this rookie yeah. class? And it's early, and these guys will develop. But like the Thompson twins, which were all the rage, uh, Keontae's been better than they are, you know, and and he's the same age. Actually, in fact, he's younger than both of those players. So I get why they have this elite athleticism that Keontae may not be able to channel, but it's not like he's not an NBA caliber athlete. We've seen some of the posters he's had this year. So you got a top five rookie in a draft class with number 16 and top five rookies in every draft class, even going back to the worst draft class in history are 10 or 12 year NBA veterans and starters. So if you get that guy, you're in really good shape. And, you know, does that mean he's the starting point guard of the future? The jazz certainly talk about him a lot that way. Uh, They always seem to be saying that that's the case. And, they aren't super shy about it. And then, yeah, to your point, Hans, he plays 24 minutes of the last 24 minutes in the last two fourth quarters. Like, the Jazz aren't even hiding what they're doing with him. There's, yeah. there's no, we're going to bring him along slowly. Like, they threw him out there against Damian Lillard and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Lou Dort, who's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, point of attack on point guards, and he won those battles. So what, what could you possibly com- be complaining about, I guess, if you're a Jazz fan? You know, I know you didn't tank and get Victor Wimbanyama. You got a top four caliber pick in the draft with the number 16th pick that you got from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then you're still going to see what Taylor Hendricks does this year. I guess like that's how you build a team that that's pretty steady and solid team building in my opinion and my understanding of, of how teams like to operate. So yeah, you've, you've hit with Keontae George and that's the hardest thing to do in the draft is to hit and get a guy. Uh, And I think you're clearly seeing not only is he an NBA player, but he has a chance to do some very special things. Ben, well, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks for hanging out with us. Again, great stuff at kslsports.com, as well as uh, go back and listen to uh, the Jake and Ben show on podcast form. You have more analysis and breakdown of the trade there as it happened live. Uh, but we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, thanks again for doing this. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. See ya. There he is, Ben Anderson, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.